Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for so much for this truth in your word that faith is a gift and that you've given it to us. I thank you, Lord, for this congregation and the faith that is displayed even this morning of your goodness and your faithfulness and your um, ability to do beyond what we could think or even ask. And I pray right now in faith, Lord, that you would bless this word this morning to the congregation, that you would increase our faith, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And we give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 This is an amazing story. You know, uh, we're going through the book of Acts right now, and the Jews were very, very nationalistic. They were very proud of their heritage. They were proud of the fact that they were the chosen people. And, you know, this centurion here caught Jesus' attention because he understood one thing, and the thing that we're seeing here, he understood authority. He understood uh, the delegated authority, understand the chain of command here. And he, being a Roman centurion, and if you, you, know, you read through the Bible and you see how many times where a centurion or a, a somebody in the legions of Rome is held in higher esteem, because it seems like God really esteems authority. You know, that the authority of God, it comes down this chain. And this man had an understanding to the degree that most in Israel didn't even have. We see other incidences where uh, even his good friend Lazarus, where they were upset with him that he stayed back a few days. And he says, if you would have been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. And here we see this story about this centurion who had such great faith in Christ. He understood the chain of command. He says, you don't even need to come under my roof, but just speak the word and I'll be healed. And how many of us, you know, we've been uh, sick and we're praying for healing. And we're asking for prayer for healing and the healing doesn't come right away. And then you start questioning yourself, well, what's wrong with my faith? What's wrong with me? And yet... I believe that the things that we go through in this life are building things up in us and are building character up in us and they're building strength within us even to the very things that we go through. Even when our prayers aren't answered the way that we want them to be answered, I believe that God is working in us. And, you know, the, the evidence of that is, you know, Pastor Tyler said it this morning, that, you know, looking back on after you've gone through a trial and then seeing what God has done through those things, and we come out the other side of it, and we're stronger for it, and we're, we're, we're more fortified through it. And even in the midst of it, you know, sometimes we go through these tunnels in life that we don't even see that light at the end of the tunnel. We don't see that there's something, you know, like you've heard some people say that that light at the end of a tunnel was a train coming my way. And sometimes it seems that desperate. And yet God has the ability to get us through. And those things came to pass. They didn't came to stay. They came to pass that we got through it. But in going through the process is never pleasant. It's never pleasant. I'm thinking, why? It's, the, it's a new year, and, and you want to start off right, and here we are, we're laid up for a good three weeks, and you're just like, out of it, man, out of it. And I go, what is the reason for this? And you get kind of upset, and, or I got upset about it, you know, and, and you, know, you can cop an attitude, and Lord, forgive me. You know, the one thing that I have, I got to say, um, learned over the years, is God doesn't like grumbling. 
He doesn't like grumbling. You read the story about the account of the children in, in the wilderness, children of Israel in the, in the wilderness, and this constant murmuring and complaining and this and that in their tents. And God tells Moses, you know what, Moses, let's just toast these guys. Let's, I, I'll, make, I'll raise up a better people for you than these. Because he didn't want the grumbling already. And that's one thing that I've learned to try. It says that, you know, a, a, a person, it says in the book of James, that if we can control our tongue, that we're a perfect person. You know, that we're moving in that right direction. And our words have very much power to them. The words that we say have power. I want to get to the point where I can praise him in the storm. To be thanking him, even though I don't see any solution at this point. Thank you, Lord, because, you know, there's times where that breaks out. You know, every now and then he'll give you the grace or you'll, you'll shake it off and you'll be able to do that. But at least I'm not the kind, like, oh, I used to be just fully grumbling. And I think I learned that the last time is the time we have to move. And there was, I just like living here. Why do we got to move? And the Lord says, don't grumble. Don't grumble. And he had a place that was just like, Wow. And, and even that's been our experience. God has always had a place for us to go. And it's, that's a one thing that I've learned is do not grumble in the process. Don't grumble. <laughs> Don't grumble. It's hard. I know it's hard, man, because it's like, why? Aren't I, aren't I your, your son? Aren't I your daughter? Aren't I, don't you have plans for me? Didn't you tell me you know, good things? And here I am. I'm in the midst of this mess. And yet he says, Don't grumble. Because it says that we can bridle our tongue, we can, we can put our whole body under that restraint. And words are powerful. Look at what this guy said, man. You don't even have to come under my roof, but just speak the word and whatever you say, it's going to happen. He understood, right? We need to understand. I need to understand the power of, of our words, the power of merging our words with faith in the Lord to see him manifest greater things. That we've seen. You know, he talks about when he sent his disciples out. And he said, you know, he commissioned them and says, go out there and go do the works. Spread the gospel. And they said, man, we were casting out demons. We were healing the sick. We were doing miracles, laying hands on people. And they came back and they were rejoicing. And they were just like, wow, this is powerful. And the Lord said to this, he says, don't rejoice that the demons are subject um, to you in my name, but rejoice at the fact that your names are written in heaven. You know, like what Mika said this morning, it's so true. As we look out on this spectrum of what's going on in this world, and you know, I was, I was sharing this with my son. He's got two young kids. He's, he's working a, a, jo a job with Dave Ramsey. And he says, you know, I love working at Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is a, is a Christian company that helps people get out of debt, helps them to put their finances in, in order according to the Bible. And he says, you got to buy into this vision. And he goes, I do buy into the vision of that to a certain degree. But then I look down the line and I see where this is all headed. And how can we all pretend that it's going to continue on as normal? Can I get an amen to that? I mean, we're, we're hearing about these people talking about the Great Reset and, and what's his name, uh, Schwab, saying you're, in 2030, you're going to own nothing and you're going to be happy about it. And I'm looking at the stores and I'm seeing this impossible meat that's like plant-based and they're saying, oh, I think you guys should be eating insects, is what these, these New World Order weirdos are, are talking about. And I know that that's not what God has planned for his people. But I'm saying as far as the world is going, 
it looks like it has an expiration date on it. It's like bad milk in the refrigerator. You know, it's just not good. There's, I mean, there's no future. You know, and you listen to J.D. Farage, and he says, I think that this thing has an effect on us to shake us off from the love of the world. It says, don't love the world, don't love the things in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, because if those things are in your heart, the love of the Father has no place in you. There's a lot of distraction out there. There's a lot of things that says, well, I want, I want that, I want this, I want that. But as we see it for what it really is, and we know how the story ends, we know that we're victorious in this. We know that we're in Christ. We know he's prepared a home for us. He said, in this world, we will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, and I've conferred my victory upon my saints, upon my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. That makes us drive, or it should say, okay, Lord, then we need to be all in. I need to be invested more in your kingdom, not so much in the world. But we still have to walk, we still have to walk here. We still have to work here. We still have to occupy here. We still have to pay our bills. We still have to do these things. And it's a hard, you know, this balance going on in light of what we see coming, in light of what the reality of it is. I, I realize, man, we got people in this church who've lost their jobs over ridiculousness, over lies. And it says that we're living in a time of deception, and it's so disturbing to me. So disturbing to me to see people complicit in their own destruction because of lack of information. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And you got people that all get on your case or get in your face because they believe the lies that are put out there and they don't have the discernment of the Holy Spirit and they'll get in your face over it and it's like, that's not even accurate. But I heard it on the news. The news would never lie to us. Really? Yeah, a lot of times when I hear narratives played back about how this is the, the way we're going to perceive this event. This is the way we're going to put it. We're all in agreement here, right? No, that's not the way I saw it go down. I'm not good with that. And I believe it's because we have the Holy Spirit and we have discernment. Amen. And we're not to be just yanked around or by our chain and go over there. I like what I see happening in Canada right now. With a, with a 50 mile long chain of trucks and people just saying, we're tired of this tyranny. We're tired of these lies. The devil only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God has come to give us life and life more abundantly. We're going to have to go through some stuff. The point of this is we need our faith founded firmly on the foundation of Christ because everything else will be shaken. Everything will be shaken. I like Tyler. I was up before that earthquake. I don't know. I have a sense about earthquakes, it seems. I, I went through a bad earthquake in California in the 70s. That was heavy, man. I think it was like 72 or 73 or something. Yeah, you, some guys were there in California, man. That was, that was something. I woke up early, early in the morning, and I heard it before I felt it. You could hear it coming from the mountains. And it was just this massive rumble. And it, it was like the whole earth heaved and waved like this, went like that. And, it, and I have to agree with what Tyler says. You feel so helpless in these earthquakes. You feel tiny like an ant. 
Because you don't know how long it's going to last. And you're at, totally at God's mercy at this thing. And it, and it, 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 it rolled, it rolled, it rolled. And then it went up a, a crescendo and then came down and then went up again like that. And you felt like this, like somebody took a carpet and went like this. The whole earth was just going like this. as it, And you could hear it just rumble and then go off. And the word of God says that in the last days that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Only those things that cannot be shaken will remain. And those things are the kingdom of God, our faith in Jesus Christ, in his completed work at the cross. And we know how the story ends. And it makes my heart glad to see the congregation gathered here today. I thought it was wisdom, we thought it was wisdom not to have church for a couple weeks because this thing just went through here like a bomb. You know, and, and, and we were talking to other people and just saying how that was crazy, how it just hit one time and everybody you're talking to is, or not everybody, but a good majority of the people were sick. It just went boom. So we're like, okay, we want to shut it down here. We want to just keep everybody safe and keep it clean um, in this church and keep everybody safe. And I thought it was wisdom that we do that. And uh, we miss gathering together. Uh, we see how powerful that is when we come together as the body of Christ to see each other in the physical presence here and worship the Lord together and encourage one another in the faith to, faith to pray for one another. And there is a common experience that we're going through. We're all facing these things, but as we face them together as the body of Christ, there's strength in that. And there's a reality. You know, I was thinking about that, how Jesus was the perfect man. He was the son of man. You know, at the Bible study, we were talking about that. When Jesus would address himself to people, he would say, the son of man. The son of man. He wouldn't call himself the son of God. He called himself the son of man. Because he always was the son of God. But this is something new. I'm the son of man. I'm walking in flesh right now. And he laid down the standard. He laid down the payment for the infraction you know the sin was in the flesh they called uh, Adam and they called Jesus the the second Adam Adam was the one who uh, sold us out to sin Jesus as the second Adam liberated us from the sin because he did it in the flesh the sin was in the flesh the uh, payment had to be in the flesh I like this scripture in the, in the book of uh, Hebrews because, it, you know, whenever you can think about the humanity of Christ, the deity as well as the humanity of Christ, that the things that he did, you know, we could, we could always say to ourselves, well, that's Jesus. He did it because he's Jesus. But when he went through what he went through, he went through it in the flesh. That he was subject to every temptation that we are, and yet without sin. And to consider that and to marvel over that reality and not to just let it go over our head, but to think, wow, he did it for us. And it was, it was accepted. We know it was accepted because the grave is empty. The tomb is empty. That he fulfilled all righteousness. He waited till when he was on the cross till they offered him up vinegar to drink. Because it was, says, I have, I've come to fulfill the scriptures. And that was a prophetic scripture that says they're going to give him sour. They're going to give him vinegar to drink. They put, a, put it, dipped it in a thing and put it on a sponge and put it up to his mouth. And, and when all these things, all the scriptures were fulfilled, he said, it is finished. And he dismissed his spirit. He fulfilled all righteousness.
I like this scripture in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. It says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, was able to save him from death, he was heard because of his godly fear. When did that take place? It took place in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he went and he told his three disciples, he says, You guys stay over here. I'm going to go over there and pray. And he cried out to the Father and he says, Man, if there's any other way that this can be done without having me drink this cup, make a way, Father. And God was silent. And then he went back to his disciples and he looked and he goes, Man, they're sleeping. He says, Can you guys not even stay up for one hour? And I think the spiritual climate was so heavy they couldn't even stay awake. They were just like, This is heavy, man. Heavy what's going on right now. And he goes back. And he goes before the Father and he says, Lord, if there's any other way that, I can, that we can fulfill this thing, that we can do this, redeem mankind without having me to be separated from you, placed on a cross, all the sins of mankind placed upon me, you have, even have to turn your face from me because I'm going to become sin. Is there any other way? And what was re- received was silence at that point. Three times. Three times. And in reality... The cross was won at this point. Because he said, not my will, thy will be done. Can you imagine the perfect son, the perfect son, and he prays and he cries out in that moment. He's the, I mean, we'll never know how heavy that was for Christ. We'll never know. But in that very moment, there was silence on the other end. Where there was always a connection, there was always intimacy, there was always an answer. And it says in verse 8, Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. A lot of times, in this imperfect world, God uses the brokenness of this world, the brokenness of situations, the brokenness of people, the hardness of hearts, the lawlessness that we see, and it says, through those very things, he's shaping us, he's crafting us, he's, he's allowing us to learn obedience to him through those things that we suffer. And we can go through, and there's times where we, we think, man, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. Why am I going through this? This is not right. And yet we look back to Jesus and says, it's not fair what happened to him at all. And yet, he laid down an example for us. And yet, he stands at the right, he sits at the right hand of the Father. And he intercedes for us in our weakened condition, in our limited perspective. He intercedes and he's there for us. And the Holy Spirit's been given to us. And the body of Christ has been given to us so that we will make it to the other side. It says, for the uh, uh, Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, though he despised the shame. There's things that we go through in this life that are not pleasant, and that it shapes our character. I remember, as this memory fades over the years, I remember when I got injured, and my testimony at that time was, if I could go back in time on the day that I went up for prayer, and I was living in disobedience before this, I wasn't walking in right standing with God. I was desiring to, but I wasn't yet. And I went up for prayer and I was afraid because my heart had gone cold towards God. Because of some things that, you know, I allowed to enter into my heart. And an attitude that I had 
about things. And this isn't right. And, you know, and, you, and I'm going to be the judge over these things. And I went up, and Pastor Rob was there, and he says, what do you need prayer for? And I said this, I said, I was afraid because I always assumed that when I was ready to do business with God, I could just come right back up and it's all going to be, you know, the way it was. But sin has consequences. Sin will be forgiven, but there's going to be consequences. Amen. And I was afraid. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, what did I do? And I went up and I said, I just want to get closer to the Lord. And all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purposes. And that afternoon, I got into the accident. I crushed my hand, went through pain that I can't even communicate how, hard, how heavy this pain was. It, it, it put the fear of God in my heart. Seriously. My friend came to visit me at, at my bedside at the hospital. I was in such pain that I said, if this is anything like hell, I don't want to go there. I don't want anything to do with this. I, I will avoid, I, Lord, help me to avoid ever going to hell. That's how bad it was. And, you know, recently I heard somebody have a testimony who went to hell and said those same words. They said it was so terrible, it was so horrible, that I wouldn't consign my worst enemy to go to this. And I said, I know that feeling. I know that place, man. And then the doctors are doing what they can do to you, and the pain just continues, and you're pleading, and the pain continues, and you're pleading, and it's at midnight, and you're pleading, and it's two o'clock in the morning, you're pleading, and the pain doesn't stop, and you're like, this is what hell must be like, an unending torment, and there's nothing you can do about it. And it says that, it says the fire is not quenched, which I equate to the body, the pain of the body as you're being consumed in fire, and the worm dieth not. And I think I know what the worm is. The worm is in your head, replaying that, replaying it over and over and over. I did this. I did the stupid that I, here I am in this pain now. I'm the one who did this. And I can't reverse it. And I felt like I'm stuck in this box and there's no place for me to go. And I want to run away from my body, but I can't. And it was so tormenting. I think that's what this is. The worm dieth not. It's that gnawing at you, gnawing at you constantly. And it doesn't stop. And through God's grace, he took that pain away through prayer. As even though my hand is disfigured like this, it's a miracle because my doctor said to me, the doctor did the surgery, it's a full-on hand special. He goes, you will come back to me in a few years and you will be begging me to fuse your wrist because you're not going to be able to handle this pain. And I went, and I, uh, years went by, not years, but months went by. And kept praying and having faith in God. And I can articulate this wrist. And it used to crackle with all kinds of bones in here. All these bones. He goes, I put your hand back together, but I'm not God. You know, I could did the best that I could. But look at that. I could, I could do this. I have absolutely zero pain. I never had to fuse my wrist. And I'm thinking to myself, what is the point of living life in pain? Why? Why even would I want to live like that? And God was gracious. He heard my prayers. God hears our prayers. But there was lessons that were learned through that process. And I remember reviewing the file and seeing the veering that my life, our life took. It affected our whole family, but our whole family went in a different direction. And I remember thinking about it. If you could replay that day where you got into that accident, would you change anything? 
and the lessons that I learned and the person that I became because of God's willingness to allow me to learn things through the things that I suffered and as a family what we suffered. Would you trade it, Jay, and go back and be the person you were before this accident? And I would have to say, in all honesty, no. I would allow God to do this. And there was a lot of loss. But in reality, there was a lot gained. More gained. There was a lot more gained. And especially as we look out at this world... That is fading away. The world is fading away. But our future is becoming more and more and more clear. And I pray for the grace of God to bring us through these times of trial. I pray for the grace of God is sufficient for us. His strength is perfected in our weakness. When we feel like, I can't do it anymore. And the Lord says, I was waiting for you to acknowledge that because I can do it and I've done it. And I, I'm telling you, man, I, I, I've told you these stories before, but it just feels compelled this morning to share this, that, that poem about, I saw footprints in the sand. And I noticed that the most difficult times in my life, there was only one track of footprints. And I go, yeah, I know that feeling, that I'm doing this on my own right now. Where's God right now? And in reality, when you get on the other side of the beach, you turn around and says, Jay Freitas would have quit. That was the Lord carrying you, even though you did not realize that. Anybody can testify to that? The strength of the Lord carried us on to this point that we're still here. It was God who carried us because in the flesh we would have quit. We said, I'm done with this. Boom, I'm, I'm walking away from this. There's nothing to walk away to. We got plan A, and plan A is the best plan, and it's God's plan, and it's an eternal plan. And we got an appointment. It's like we got an appointment that we will not miss. And God strengthen us, strengthen our hearts and our resolve that we learn obedience by those things that we suffer. That it's not wasted. Like one of our esteemed, uh, let's not waste a crisis. God doesn't waste any crisis in our lives. He can take the scraps and the rubbish and the mess and the opala. It's like a compost heap that the worms go through it. And it's like, oh, that's nasty, man. And then after a while, it settles and you go scrape it up and throw it around your plants and the things shoot up. We learn obedience by the things we suffer. God can take whatever and turn it around for good. We pray, Lord, for the obedience, for the faith and the trust and the chain of command as that centurion that looked, he says, all you got to do is say the word, Lord, say the word, and it'll be done just as what you've said. He's already said the word. Call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. Amen? We've already, we have to say, Lord, your word is true. Lord, your word is established. Lord, your word is eternal. Lord, your word will come to pass. And we're seeing it in this day, in this age, and it will not be shaken. We need to be founded upon the foundation of the word of God. Amen. I thank the Lord for you guys. I thank the Lord for this church. I thank you for attentive ears to hear this message this morning. I thank the Lord that he would, he would choose to use somebody like me to deliver this message this morning. 
I pray for strength, Lord, to come upon this congregation that greater things that we'll see, multiplication we'll see, we'll see uh, encouragement even in times of darkness, Lord. Even though the mountains be cast into the sea, there's a city of God waiting for us. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know these things are established and we're passing through right now. He told us it would be like this and we're passing through. We didn't come to stay, we're passing through right now. Amen? And we're getting over to the other side. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you're able to, to make sense. And not only make sense, but to arrive something of worth out of the things that we go through in this life. The things that, uh, that it's the despised. I don't want to go through that, Lord. But you can take those things and turn it for good and strengthen our characters. And it's for no reason. It's, it's, it's for the reason to strengthen the brethren, to strengthen those who are going through things like we are going through. That's what it's for. To encourage one another. I've been there and God brought me through. If we're there right now, be encouraged. God is going to bring us through this. That he is faithful. And Lord, we give you all the honor. Lord, you are worthy of all the praise and more praise than we could give you. In Jesus' name, amen.